Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com MFRP. That's betterhelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today. Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Whether you're a first-time listener or if you've been here since the beginning, I want you to know how much I appreciate you and how happy I am to have you as a part of this community. Make sure you subscribe to the show so that you don't miss any future episodes. We release new content every Thursday as well as a couple of bonus episodes each month. If you subscribe, you'll always have our latest episodes available in your feed whenever they come out. You can also give us a five-star rating and a review if you find the content helpful, and that will enable us to grow our community and take this message to as many people as possible. Today's guest is Lance Keiko. Lance is a serial entrepreneur and the co-founder of a wildly successful architecture and construction firm in northern Colorado. He's won multiple awards throughout his time in the industry while also forming a nonprofit and teaching part-time at the University of Colorado. If that wasn't already enough, he's also a podcast host, and you should check out his Inside the Firm podcast as soon as you finish listening to this conversation. Lance and I had a tremendous conversation about discipline and empathy and setting up your morning routine. I know that you're going to take so many fantastic insights away from what he has to say, so let's dive right in. Here's Lance Keiko. Lance, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's good to have you here. Brady, thanks for having me. It's good to speak with you all the way over there in Oklahoma. I know. Yeah, a long way away from just north of Denver, Colorado, where you're at. Yes, sir. Well, hey, we were kind of chatting before and you said something that really piqued my interest. You said you believe that discipline equals freedom. So I'd be curious to hear you break that down a little more for us. I actually know that discipline equals freedom. I don't think it. Be I don't believe it because I know it. Uh, so discipline does 100% equal freedom. And if people listening to this say like, man, that sounds familiar. Where did I hear that from? It's from Jocko, actually. If anybody follows uh, Jocko and his, all of his work, uh, he's, an I think, an ex-Marine or a ranger. 
and very highly motivational man who's who's made himself something out of nothing, which is which is always incredible stories. You know, when you hear those backgrounds, the, the discipline equals freedom because if you if you don't have discipline, then you are subject to the world around you, the chaos that ensues, waking up, not having a schedule, not ha- having a routine, not having a framework to which you can work within and do what you want. Doing what you want every single day is freedom. And a lot of that comes through wealth generation. If you're an entrepreneur is making it so that you aren't subject to living in fear and anxiety of paycheck to paycheck. I think that's a, that's a huge problem in America. And I understand that not everybody can be a business owner. Not everybody can be an entrepreneur, but even if you are a person who's just a nine to five wage hourly worker, getting, getting your, your fight, your spending in it, into a framework of discipline where you're disciplined about how you spend it is going to give you the is going to open the door to financial freedom and therefore freedom to be able to hopefully do what you want start side gigs um all of those sorts of things that's that's why i say discipline equals freedom and and know that that it in fact does hmm that's so interesting so a couple of thoughts i'll just reflect what i'm thinking as i hear you talking one of the first things that stood out to me is that discipline gives us control. And then the other thought that I had is that discipline creates opportunity that may not have been there before. Yep. hundred percent. Right. So we can start with like the morning. So I believe there's a couple golden hours in the morning. And I think that almost every business professional that I've uh, talked to who is successful, I work, I'm an architect and a builder and a real estate uh, developer. Um, and, and almost every single successful person that I speak to or even listen to on like shows like Joe Rogan um, or any places like that is they really are morning people. I haven't heard too many successful people say like, I'm a night owl. I stay up and burn both ends of the candle and kill myself until, you know, two or 3 PM, metaphorically speaking, sleep until noon. Like how many times have you actually heard that story from folks that are then end up being successful? It's the opposite. It's having the discipline to go to bed at a decent time, you know, 8, 9, 10 p.m., wake up at 4, 5, 6, p- 6 a.m., and get up and grind and get after it and do the do, do either the the creative things with your mind. So for me, that's an absolute restart to the, to the day. By the time I'm done with my, you know, 10 to 12-hour day going from 5 to 5 or, or, or 5 to 6, um, doing all the things that I do, by the end of the day, my, my mind is sort of taxed out. I mean, I really don't have a lot of creative juice going anymore. And I know that if I try to do a creative endeavor at the end of the day, and a lot of those creative endeavors are like writing blogs, um, sending emails, doing cold calls, uh, any kind of like business preparation or exploratory work where you know we're starting to grow new businesses and 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 do those sort of creative tasks that get out there submitting for awards writing articles to get our name in the paper uh getting on podcasts like yours Brady you know heading over to Podmatch and and connecting with other podcasters and doing that sort of press work all of that energy is most powerful and pure in the morning so having the discipline to get up every day that early and do some meditations do some kind of grounding that you can do it in your own time, whether it's, you know, for me, when I get up, my morning routine is I get up at five, I go put on a pot of coffee, and then I stretch and meditate slash pray for the first 15 minutes of the day, just concentrating on silence, concentrating on getting my blood flowing, 
And then by the time I'm done stretching, by the time I'm done meditating, I can pour that first cup of coffee because the coffee's done dripping. And I sit down on my computer and that's where the golden couple hours really start. That's where like, uh, you know, I get that caffeine buzz. I'm not suggesting everybody has to drink coffee. You could drink tea, water, something like that. But, But getting some kind of buzz of energy going in you for that. And then what that does is because you have the discipline and you've, you've carved out that area of time, nobody else is up in my house when this is happening. Most of the business world is asleep when this is happening. But And so I'm already ahead of everybody in the game by the time 8 a.m. rolls around and the actual emails start coming in from everybody else. Doing that consistently is discipline, right? And by doing that consistently, I have tackled, if I have tackled most of my tasks by 8 a.m., what do I have left the rest of the day between eight and five? The freedom to do what I want, whether whether you know whether that's working on different things, starting other businesses, uh, working on the current businesses, taking off uh, half a day yesterday like I did to go hiking and fishing because I carved that time out for myself to then regenerate regenerate myself for the for the next day. Th- those are sort of the things that really um, make they they basically separate the wheat from the chaff. When it comes to successful business owners, entrepreneurs, go-getters, people who get out there and do try to do spectacular things for for themselves and, and ultimately society. Because if you're a service-based professional, that's your goal. Your goal is just to help people in through your service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir right now because I so strongly resonate with everything that you're saying. And in a way, you took the words out of my mouth. One of the things that I love the most about starting my day early is one, like you said, people aren't asking for things from me. When I get up at 4.30 in the morning, I'm responsible to nobody else besides myself. Whereas if I slept in until seven or Mm -hmm. 7.30, by that time, my family's awake, my kids are up, they need things from me. And so by waking up early, I get to start the day on my terms The other thing I love about it, and you alluded to this as well, I get to start the day with a couple of key wins that give me so much more momentum for the rest of the day. I feel like I talk about this on every other podcast, but one thing that I do a couple early mornings every week is I go to the pool at my YMCA and I swim laps. And there's something so powerful about looking because there's a clock on the wall Mm -hmm. in the pool. And there's something so powerful about seeing that it's 5.15 in the morning and I'm thinking I've already swam two or three down and backs and I've got several more to go. Yeah, I think it sets you up like you wake up and let's say you're met- you're metaphorically climbing a mountain before everybody else has done it. And so all of a sudden you're at the top of the metaphorical mountain by the time everybody else gets up. Your hike down is easy for the rest of the day. It just It just brings about a whole different kind of clarity, I think to your day. And I, I like how you phrase it like you're in control then. I think that's maybe the part that I should probably start articulating a little bit better is like, because I'm with you. I have four children. I have a wife. I have chickens. I have a dog. I have I have many friends and, and, a, and a business partner, multiple businesses. And if I waited until 730 to get up every day, I would no longer be in control of my day because I'd be pulled in all these different directions without without. And then I'd still have to have to have all that extra stuff to do in the beginning. And rather it's me pulling other people for the most part, at least to start out the day. Eventually I do get sort of pulled apart and I'm sure everybody does. And then I come home and I need to, you know, reset, I guess, before I step into the door and 
know that like I've, I've dealt with chaos all day and I need my house to sort of be in order, you know, with my wife um, and my children and all of that. Um, and that's a whole separate kind of uh, struggle. I think that everybody probably deals with, especially if they're, it doesn't matter if you're a nine to five or you're a business owner or any of those sorts of things, because you're dealing with the chaos throughout, throughout the day, you know, the unexpected things that come up in whatever profession you have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's almost like you have to establish that, sense of control in the morning in order to maintain it throughout the rest of your day. Even when, like you're saying, you get pulled in different directions, you have demands, you have obligations, you still maintain both that sense of control that you established in the morning, but also, like you said, getting to the top of the mountain and feeling like you're already ahead of the game. So I wanted to circle back to this piece about discipline. So obviously, Mm -hmm. this is a podcast primarily about motivation. And I think that there's a lot of overlap between motivation and discipline. What do you see as the connection there? Uh, The motivation should drive you to be disciplined. So, and I think some of the best kinds of motivation uh, are when you are in a, you're, you're either at the bottom of a hole or, and and I'll try to describe in a couple of different ways. You're either at the bottom of the hole or there's a, a fire around you, all metaphors I'm trying to make for like, you're, you're feeling the heat, you're feeling the cold, you are uncomfortable. And I, I always tell people this is, and it sounds counterintuitive, but I'm a product of this 100%. So is my business partner. So is our podcast. Everything we do is a product of, we were put into that fire in the Great Recession. So when my business partner got hired uh, in New York City, working for one of the world's fam- most famous architects, Daniel Liebskin. I came out to Boulder, Colorado, and was working for a regionally and sort of nationally famous architect, uh, Christopher Hare and Brad Thomasick with Studio HT. We both got laid off. Alex and I got laid off. And it was it wasn't because we were doing a bad job. It was because that's what happened during the Great Recession. And so it was such a blessing in disguise. I mean, I'm so thankful for it that it happened in that way. So like when when those really painful, bad things happen to you, life is everybody should remember that life is a double-edged sword. Like all the events that happen in your life are double-edged sword. There's a positive side and there's a negative side. It's the yin and yang of life. You can't have, if you if you believe that there's actual evil, then you have to believe there's actual good. If you believe that there's actually a, a devil, then there actually has to be a God because there's, there's the equal and opposite effect um, just by Newton's law of, of how that works and everything like that. So the motivation, everybody, I think, can have the motivation because everybody can improve in some sort of way. And when you have those really difficult things that happen to you, you lose you lose a, a, a family member uh, from a death or something like that. Well, what, what, what like what what is it? How does that make you feel? You probably everybody probably has some sort of sense of regret, right? That maybe they didn't spend enough time with that person. OK, so then what is the positive side of that? Right. Then you're maybe looking at who's left in your family and trying to do whatever you can to spend the extra time with them. Uh, For me, one of the most recent ones that happened is last year, my wife lost. um, I was prepared to lose an invest, a very large cash investment. Uh, She wasn't. And we, she lost, she lost a significant amount of money. I lost a significant amount of money. And I have a couple of different companies. One of them is a construction firm and it's, it's in like year five five or six, and most companies fail within the first seven years. So we're still technically in that startup phase, even though we have, you know, plenty of work underneath us and a nice sales funnel and everything. And I would have been motivated in, in 
sort of a way I am now with the construction company to really get it up to a full-fledged like running machine. But if I hadn't lost that money, I would not have the kind of fire I have now. And we are tracking to be at record revenue by this time next year, um, blowing all previous numbers out of the water that we had. And it's because of that fire. So I think that motivation, you need you need to look at the big stuff. You need to look at the little stuff. I've given you the big examples of that, right? But even if it's a little stuff, if there's somebody listening to this show and they, <clears throat> even if they have a small drinking problem, and by that, I, I would say like, even if it's just like two or three drinks a night, that can that can seriously start to affect you and how you feel the next day, especially after the age of like 30, 35. I mean, that's just a fact of life. Like in your 20s, you could probably get away with a couple of beers a night, wake up the next day, not even affecting you. But when you get to that sort of adult level stage is like, what is that negative? I would hope help motivate you, to, especially if you're listening to this and you're going like, I looked up Lance on LinkedIn. He looks pretty successful. I, I would like to emulate that kind of success. I heard him talk about the discipline um, that he has for getting up very early and that he's interviewed, you know, hundreds of other business professionals who do the same thing. I, but I, but what is my, what happens when I get up early? If I get up early and I've had a couple of drinks the night before, I feel horrible, right? I don't want to feel that way anymore. Oh, okay. So now maybe I've changed my whole paradigm from what I do the night before. Maybe that's my motivation to just, all right, I'm going to not have actually any drinks until maybe Saturday. And that maybe that's my reward for not having any kind of drinks. And even if it's, even if you think it's not a huge drinking problem, I'm just trying to give like a smaller example here of the sort of that double-edged sword and how it all works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's so much there that I want to unpack. One thing, just initially the reminder that a good day really starts with the night before you can mm -hmm. prime your environment, whether it's not having a drink if you're planning to go work out in the morning, or if you just know that that affects you in a certain way, you know, really a lot of this is circumstantial. I'm not advocating for over drinking, obviously, but yeah. some people are going to understand if I have a drink or two, and then I try to get up early the next morning, my routine's going to fall apart. Other people, maybe it doesn't affect them in the same way. The other thing that you said that really stands out to me is this idea that we can look at obstacles not only as setbacks or not even primarily as setbacks, but as opportunities to grow and develop and push ourselves into the future. I think that that is a mindset shift that is hard to make because nobody enjoys suffering, but there is so much potential inside of that because whether we like it or not, we're all going to face challenges, mm -hmm. but there is a benefit, there's a promise inside every challenge that we can use it in a way to get better and stronger. And a lot of this is inspired by a book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. I don't know if you've read that book or not, but really it's this idea that successful people are the ones who figure out how to leverage the challenges that they face in their life. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm so glad you took the words out of my mouth now, Brady. <laughs> about the opportunity that's the word that's the key word here and i think that's uh i think that separates sort of a mature adult versus an in, you know an adult that's maybe in their adolescent level of adult of they only see the negative part of it but you have to and that's okay and i, I think part of part of part of training yourself to still recognize the negative part of it maybe comes through like meditation practice i think that was one of the biggest changes in my life. 
um, I, I, I meditate, um, in sort of different ways now, you know, I'm a practicing Catholic, so I, I pray a lot. I try to, I try to pray the rosary two times a week, um, when I'm not teaching at CU, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then, and then I, I pray on my own time and everything like that. But when I was previous to that, I was taking like the meditation courses, um, through, I can't even remember what app it was on my phone. And, and before I started meditating, I, I sort of had the preconceived notion that, oh, meditation is about like not thinking about anything. It's not even, it's not that, it's not that at all. It's actually thinking about everything. It's about, uh, it's about recognizing whatever thoughts come into your mind and saying, hello. And then, and then it kind of dismisses and it goes away. And so that's what I think comes through that sort of meditation practice and, and getting good at that is you recognize, so the bad things happen to you. It's like, yes, I'm recognizing it's bad. But then you can you can sort of not dismiss it, but it but it goes into the background that it's bad, and then the the opportunity emerges after that. Like you 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 it comes out. Maybe it's like it could come out the next hour, the next day, the next week, the next month. Eventually, it comes out, and you understand what the opportunity was for that. And like life is such a chess chess game, and I don't mean it from the standpoint of like you're trying to win it, but like there's just all of these like amazing. You know, I I'm a true believer in like. There's almost providence in everything. There has to be. And it's like the little, the things I thought were a big problem or even a little problem are like, why is this happening to me? Like, why do I deserve this sort of thing? This person is lashing out at me, um, you know, or or maybe I didn't get that certain client. And then I find out months later, like, oh my gosh, thank God we avoided that client because that would have been like a lawsuit or a disaster. So really trying to have that like 40,000 foot view of how all of this works is a higher level of thinking and understanding that I would encourage everybody to try to get to at some point in their lives, because you'll, you'll fall into one of the, I'll, I'll plug a book now too, that I read that I recommend everybody. And that is uh, Marcus Aurelius's meditations. I read that last summer and it changed one, another book, you just change in my life, sort of a book because I, same thing. I had the preconceived notion that uh, stoicism was about me, for instance, coming on your show, Brady, and this would be a terrible podcast if I did this, if I came on your show and I just sat here, I was like, oh, that's stoicism. You know, it's not saying anything. It's just looking all stoic. It's not that at all. Not especially the way Marcus Aurelius talks about it. I mean, I was just like, oh, what an idiot. Like I just took it at its surface level value from the Webster's dictionary. Stoicism is about understanding and being comfortable with wherever you're at at any given time. It's about recognizing the negatives, the positives, the opportunities, where doors are closed, where doors are opened, and thriving in whatever environment it is in a positive way. That's that's the perspective I, I sort of have and, and try to bring to the table. Mm. And I'm so glad you brought up stoicism because Ryan Holiday, who wrote The Obstacles yeah. of the Way, often talks about that. So that's a perfect tie-in there. Hey, as we get ready to draw this to a close, if there's someone who's listening and they want to take a step toward this more disciplined, more reflective kind of lifestyle, what's one piece of advice that you would give them? Oh, I think you need to, whatever you're being criticized for, I'll give you one example. If, if, if whatever you're being criticized for, and what, one thing that I had heard my whole life was that, Lance, you're not empathetic. Or you're not empathetic. And so challenge yourself to really dig into the truth, if that's real or not, because maybe it's true, maybe it's not. 
And for me, when I, when I, when I, I finally got fed up with it and I was like, I, 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 is that true? Like, am I really this unempathetic person? Like, how can I, how can I have a community garden with a nonprofit? How can I have these multiple businesses? How can I have all these students? How can I have all these children? How can I have all these literal fans if I'm not an empathetic person? Um, or, or all these consultants, like I, there's no way I, this is this could be possible. So I picked up a book and I and it's called uh, Train Your Empathy. So I highly recommend everybody read that book because I think in America, everybody uh, there's a lot of folks who confuse sympathy with empathy. They are completely different things. Empathy is all about trying to put yourself in the metaphorical position of where someone else is in their life or at a period of time. So you can better understand their perspective and vice versa. That has nothing to do with sympathy. Sympathy is after that. Then you feel sorry for somebody and you give them your sympathy. Empathy is way different. Empathy is just about trying to understand somebody else. Mm -hmm. So if, if you can think of, if you're listening to this show and you can think of something that you've been accused of in sort of that way, and it just doesn't sit right with you, run right at that, that thing they're saying you do or you don't do. Read and learn as much as you can so you can better understand not only yourself, but them. I mean, that's literally sort of to bring it full circle with empathy here. You'll be a better person as a result. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that takes time and that takes practice to train our brains to think that way, which is where the meditation and the mindfulness piece that you talked about earlier comes in. So another fantastic connection there. Lance, this has been an awesome conversation. I think that everyone listening is going to take so much away from what you've had to say. So thank you again for sharing some time with us. If people want to connect with you or learn more about your podcast and what you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, thanks so much, Brady. It was, it was really a pleasure to be on. Uh, I will connect with almost, I will connect with literally anybody, even if you are a bot on LinkedIn, just go to linkedin.com and type in Lance, L-A-N-C-E, last name Psycho, C-A-Y-K-O. If you're, if you're interested in our podcast, you want to hear everything about business, even from starting out from nothing. We started with nothing. We started with $1,000 in our pocket and we've grown to a seven-figure firm in the architecture side of things. Same thing with the construction thing. Go to insidethefirmpodcast.com. And if you want to, if you're ever looking for an architect, a builder, or know somebody who is looking for something like that in Colorado, go to f9productions.com, fill out the contact form or sign up for our newsletter. Thanks, Lance. We'll link all of that in the show notes as well. Again, appreciate you sharing some time with us today. Thanks so much, Brady. Appreciate you. Before we wrap up, let me tell you about one more opportunity that will help you unlock your motivation and pursue your most important goals. If you're anything like me, you start the new week with a lot of excitement. You have big plans and you can't wait to see what happens. Once the week gets going, though, you may have something unexpected come on your plate or you may simply start to feel overwhelmed by all of the tasks that you have to juggle. And it can be difficult to finish the week with the same amount of motivation that you had when you started. If this is a feeling you can relate to, go to my website at bradyross.com and sign up for my Midweek Momentum newsletter. Each Tuesday, I'll send you a short email with a thought, quote, or reflection, often based on the podcast from the week before. This boost of momentum will help you finish your week with the same amount of drive and determination that you had when you started. After you sign up, you'll receive a free instant download of the introduction in chapter one of my book, Seven Steps to Dominate Your Day and Crush Your Goals. You'll learn how to maximize the power and potential of each day by planning in advance what you want to accomplish. 
This newsletter is completely free. I won't spam you. I won't sell your information. And you can unsubscribe at any time if for whatever reason you don't find the content helpful. I simply want to help you carry your motivation through the end of the week and give you the boost you need to start doing more of the work that matters. And I think that you'll ultimately find both the information in the email and the timing of it very helpful. So if you're interested, you can sign up today at BradyRoss.com. That's B-R-A-D-Y-R-O-S-S.com. And we'll include that link in the show notes as well. Once again, thanks for listening to today's show. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you're willing to leave us a rating, that would be awesome as well. Any positive feedback helps us grow this community and spread the word to others who may find the content helpful. As we wrap up, remember, you already have all of the motivation that you need, and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it. Thank you.